Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Welcome to Preston's Super Show. We are live on a Wednesday, January 12th. And there's really nothing that uh, exciting to talk about in the news. I can tell you that as far as Omicron goes, uh, that is still supposedly surging. Uh, and they're saying hospital beds are full here. Some people say that's not true. So I don't think we'll ever have quite the resolution we're looking for on a lot of the issues uh, in the news today. But what I can tell you is that I think it's funny, like Justin Bieber and all these other celebrities tried to release their little, little show, their little movie. Hey, we're COVID free. I can't wait to get back with the fans. Watch my great show, guys. Boom! Omicron hits. Now the Raptors can't get anybody but a, a mascot in the game. No fans at the Raptors game. And it's basically, you know, the irony is just so potent here. The mega wealthy liberals were so ready to just shed the guardrails of COVID and get back to reality. In everyday life. And they want to make their money. And it's become increasingly hard. For people to make money. Not because of. uh, The economy. But because of what COVID has done to the economy. And how our. Politicians and bureaucrats alike. uh, Have somewhat. Unilaterally. Moved to make it more difficult. Should people get stimulus. Should people not get stimulus. It's helped. It's helping the poor keep the poor, you know, keep them poor. That type of mentality has been going around. When it's like, look, if people need help, the, what better institution than our government to help them? Leave it up to the corporations. They find a way to enrich themselves. Um, yes, the gov- there's elements of the government we've always caught that have done that. Look at Kwame Brown, right? Don't forget that story. So time keeps ticking and the Associated Press came out with an article today that says Omicron numbers are set to go down here in the USA and in the UK. But then what will the media have to talk about? Like That's the question I keep asking myself. Like, what's the media going to keep talking about once Omicron's gone? Kind of running out of things to talk about here. And if you don't think people are sick of COVID, look at the European Union, right? They come out today. And their regulators uh, warn that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune response and are probably not feasible. And basically what that article uh, comes down to in Bloomberg is that 
look, you can get one or two booster shots. Might weaken your immune system. But overall, you know, will you be safer from uh, COVID? Uh, that those those studies are mixed. So you're working with a lot of mixed information, not misinformation, but mixed, which means that it's not clear. So, yeah, the vaccine, I, be- I, I truly believe in the vaccine, but I truly don't believe in all these booster shots and that it needs to be something like the flu shot. I think that's taking it a step in the wrong direction. Um, and I think that's putting the carriage in front of the horse, in my opinion. I think we need more time you just need more time and more science you know and if you trust the science then you should understand that science doesn't work overnight you know what i mean it doesn't happen in a in a bubble it's expanding it's vast and there's a ray of science going on not just one little tiny area where science is being done like it's happening all over the place it's not just one country working on it you know it's hundreds of countries working on this and trying to perfect the vaccine and trying to enhance these booster shots um, to make them something you only need one or two of but you know everybody's getting lost in the sauce what can we do at this point except want to protect ourselves and get back to reality Um, I think there was a good line one of the regular later said that we're looking to get to a point where we can have the endemic and not the increasing, you know, panic around the pandemic. I thought that was a good line. Um, it's It kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? We're worried about 7% inflation, which is record high, right? Opposed to what? Opposed to how bad it's been? O- opposed to what? The Obama years? Opposed to uh, 40 years ago? There's nothing like the economy now. So you're, you're really trading apples for oranges with all that stuff. While China and their supercomputers and their military continue to get more powerful and stronger on their united front, we continue to bicker about the most simplest of issues um, that apes could figure out. And instead, we're arguing like uh, apes in a, in a uh, you know, and we don't have uh, mental clarity. And our focus is distorted. Thanks to China. That's right. TikTok and the other social media apps they own. You see, in one way or another, a lot of the problems in the United States point inward and not outward. But there's no doubt that China is an increasing threat. And if if you just put let me put this into context for you what what country besides a totalitarian nation elects a president for life okay it's basically a king so in a republican uh, citizenship that we set out to obtain and, and uphold Uh, that our 14th amendment section 1 and section 5 help put in a focus that these issues abroad are 
in many ways minuscule compared to the issues we have on our own home front with Antifa, with all of these different organizations gaining and garnering this power that become more powerful than any one of us or our own government. So that's something to keep in mind. California's getting bad. Even Mark Zuckerberg's heading out of there. Um, and you know, after Elon Musk went, you could just kind of tell that Texas is on its way to being the next California. Sorry to say, but that that's what's coming out of all of that. And and some and people like us in the Midwest, we could look at that and say, "Yep, that looks like you know what I mean." Seems like doomsday is around the corner if you live in Texas, like. Get ready for your taxes to go up. Get ready for the cost of living to skyrocket. Get ready for the price of everything to just be uh, astronomical. Because all of these people are not going to leave their policies uh, back where they came from. And that's the biggest fear. And that's a fear they should have. Because it's uh, it's becoming a reality, actually, in some places in Texas. Um, so, you know, one thing you have to learn about life is when you move you move you know for certain reasons everybody has the reasons for moving but one thing you can't do is if you are not thinking clearly if you if if what you believe hasn't worked out where you're at then it it might be time to reassess those those values and exactly what you're uh, focusing your attention on because then it seems like it's more of a personal problem than an environmental problem and now you have let your environment uh, become toxic because of because of what you have done and not what the environment has done to you so I mean there's just so much going on left and right now um, it's it's almost hard to keep track of but one thing that's not there's that's not hard to keep track of is uh, what what's going on in the White House. It's very easy to keep track of uh, Joe Biden. He doesn't really do much. He doesn't excite you. Um, he's not out there, you know, saying saying a whole lot. You know, I mean, he took the time in his speech. It's supposed to be unifying, right? It's supposed to be a unifying day. Let's bring the people together. You know, uh, you know, it's a new year and he still found a way to attack uh, Trump and divide uh, the nation even further. And, and I just don't understand that logic. If you're going to be nice, then stand on your niceness. So obviously we get more of the double speak from the elites um, and even the Pope's had enough the Pope slipped out of the vaccine to visit the record shop and, and get a CD so that's what the Associated Press had time to tell us um, that the Pope is still buying CDs for some reason like get this dude an iPod you know what I mean like at this point just get him an iPod shuffle you know 
help them out. It, I just found that to be absolutely hilarious. They're ripping on Boris Johnson. You heard that? If you know who he is, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, he went to a party. You know, it's not like Nancy Pelosi and uh, Governor Newsom of California um, and AOC fleeing to Florida have all haven't all gone to parties and been uh, doing the disco. No, they're out partying too. But for some reason, Boris Johnson, you know, he he's he's confessing to it. Yeah, I was at the party. Yeah, I was having a party. Okay. What's the problem? You know what I mean? Oh, COVID's going on. Rapid surge of COVID. Uh, Omicron is not your homie. Cron. And you, you at this point, if you're really, if you're willing to crucify him for that, then I mean, we've, well, <laughs> we've really, we've really set the bar low for what to go after people for. Um, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something else, right? There's gotta be. So Spotify shuts down its namesake podcast studio so things i guess things aren't going good in the podcast business spotify loaded up like they went balls to the wall for their for their podcast bringing in joe rogan attracting in all this top talent here we even got you know we know it's a podcast but we're gonna put a video in it and then you can send this to your friends and it's just like one thing after another it's like okay but if the content's not any good, then you're like, well, shit, I did, I'm, I'm not going to show it to my friends. I didn't even want to listen to that. So they shut down their little podcast studio. And there was some podcast on there that looked decent. I never listened to any of them. You know what I, you know, when I listen to podcasts and I do, sometimes I take a chance, you know, I might listen to a random one or something and say, okay, that was good. That was bad. That was, you know never again but with these that they have none of these i ever heard and uh let's see see which ones these are here dissect and chapo kingpin on trial see that's like something i'd want to see a movie i don't want to listen to that i'd rather see the show or something um and i mean I'm not going to be obsessing with gangster stuff and, you know, Al Capone mafia type stuff because it's like there's so much of that out there already. What else can you really do with that? Like, it just seems like a weird thing to be obsessed over. But I mean, people love the mob and, and you know, the history of it and all that. And I could, you know, I understand from a movie aspect, from a cinema aspect, but from podcast, you know what I mean? It's like, well... If that's all you set out to learn for the day, then, you know, you need to expand your horizons. But that's just another thing with podcasts, too. A lot of people don't may not do podcasts, may not be into them because it's just nothing for them. They're just like, well, if it's just that, then that's not for me. Or if it's not talking about the Kardashians, then I just don't want to hear about that. And that can be a big part of it. And also... When people got TikTok and YouTube at their fingertips, you really have to be like pushing something good to get people involved. Otherwise, it's kind of like 
just, you know, it'll be there forever. People will go back and listen to it, and that's all good and well. Uh, and everybody's so focused on other things that by the time they look away from their phone screen, three three hours have passed. You know what I mean? And the amount of time they were so focused on getting things done, it's been quashed. Like, completely quashed. And and then, they're, you know, people are worried about, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? Well, that comes down to time management. Like, that's just a skill you need to learn at some point. Uh, a, uh, let's see, AEW, that's something I wanted to talk about. Because that's the, like, the WWE is just falling out of favor with me. And I'm just not interested. Not anything in particular. Just that it takes too long. For me to get excited about that. Like, they have these long build-ups to the match. And you're kind of just like, alright, well, is anybody going to wrestle? And you, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? This is just big, big drama. And SmackDown's supposed to be, like, more of the action. But even they're not hitting, like, the levels that they need to hit. So, I've been liking a little bit of AEW. They've they've done a good job of kind of like bringing back that ECW feeling with the WCW style wrestling. And that's hard. It's hard to duplicate either one of those organizations. But I will say that like AEW's done a pretty good job of putting out a good product and getting you interested. But it's like when you watch these shows, you have to have like your guy you know what i'm saying or your your chick who do you like to watch and we know uh chris cyborg former ufc champion says she accepted AEW's uh closed door match challenge so i'm looking forward to that playing out um and then we got some results to talk about about some characters and seeing if uh AEW nailed nailed it or did they mess up here on uh, AEW Dark and AEW Dark is what you want to be watching um, the first match Sean Dean versus Liam Cross and you know they keep a record for these guys and like Sean Dean they just don't like his character or something because he's got a six and 41 record like that's how the hell did they even let it get that bad and then Liam Cross has a zero and zero record so Sean Dean ended up winning now he's got a seven and 41 record who won by pinfall um you know what can you really say about that record though I mean like that's gotta be it's gotta be better. Then there's uh, Anthony Ogogo, and he went up against Baron Black. Um, out of that fight, Anthony Ogo won by pinfall. He's eight and one now. You could tell they like his character. They're trying to build that up. Um, Baron Black zero and forty-five, like. Are they even going to let that guy get a win? You know what I mean? Like, at some point, if 
if the records aren't even believable, what's the what's the point of the record? Like, was that supposed to bring some authenticity into the the sport? Because that seems like it just isn't needed. Um, then you had Red Velvet versus Show Lance Royale. Uh, and then Red Velvet ends up winning that. Now he's forty-one and nineteen. Then you had uh, the fourth match, the Gun Club versus Marcus Cross, T.I.M., Patrick Scott in a six-man tag match. And the Gun Club ended up winning that. They're undefeated 24-0 now for people that like the Gun Club. Then you had uh, the the fifth match, Tanyara, how do you say her name? Tanyara Conti and Ana Jay versus the Renegade Twins. And this is one they weren't going to let get away from them because they're building up Conti's character. She's 51 and 9. Like, they're not going to let this get away from them. Then you had the sixth match. You had Orange Cassidy versus J.D. Drake. Orange Cassidy. What can you really say uh, besides that name is hilarious? The record's like... Two no contests, so that's just hilarious. Uh, Orange Cassidy ended up winning 56, 18, and 2. Seventh match, Dante Martin versus Aaron Solo. Um, I could tell you that Dante Martin won by pinfall. He's 35 and 19 now. The eighth match, Eddie Kingston versus Joey Janela with uh, Kyala Rossi. And that match was pretty long. Eddie Kingston won by pinfall. Then you had Thunder Rosa versus Casey Fox. Thunder Rosa won by submission, which you, I mean, you don't really see that much in wrestling, which is, it's good they did that. And then the next match, they went back to the well. And um, Will Hobbs versus Alexander Moss. And Will Hobbs won via submission. Then you had Daniel Garcia. Uh, he won 13 and 11 now on his career. Uh, he faced off against Fuego del Sol. What's happening, I think, you, is you look at these records and look at the fights. Like, you're lucky you can't bet on this because if you just went with every favorite. Like, everybody's with a better record. You would have won. You would have won every, every fight. They did not let someone with a losing record win any of these fights. 12th match. Jade Cargill with Mark Sterling. And uh, Jade Cargill won. He's undefeated. So it's just like a trend here. And it's a pretty ugly one. The Jurassic Express one. They had a winning record before. Um, And then what they have. The big, big match. uh, Hangman Page and the Dark Order one. So pretty good. Uh pretty good uh show there and you should be watching aw um wrestling i know for a lot of people it just it gets hard to keep up with um but aw with uh a video game coming out too so be stay be stay you know be in tune for that but that's gonna be huge when they were able to drop that video game. You know, Rey Mysterio's coming out with 
uh, a Cartoon Network series that's going to be amazing. So there's there's a lot of good stuff coming out for the uh, wrestling business. WWE, I'll talk about more, um, but AW Dark, like that's that's where you want to be. Um, they also have AW Dynamite. Uh, one thing I do like from the WWE is NXT, like WWE Next NXT, like that is. A little bit more my speed now that like I'm I've watched wrestling over the years on and off but when I was young I didn't miss Monday Night Raw and Smackdown um, and WCW Nitro I didn't miss those you know what I mean so I was always into that attitude era a little bit of the end of the golden age for a lot of the best wrestlers and also the new breed of wrestlers that were just kick ass. So I had all that background in wrestling, you know, watching. And now uh, it's it's not, you know, in TNA too. I used to watch a lot of TNA. Um, ECW, of course. How could you miss that? I've seen like every pay-per-view I've seen the DVD of. One of my friends was a fanatic for. So anytime I went to his house, I've seen EC, in the, the new ECW pay-per-view. But TNA had, had a, has a great place in my heart because total nonstop action. Like, it was hard to get better than that for me for a while. I used to love a lot of those wrestlers, like Abyss, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles at their complete prime. Like, AJ Styles now is great, but he's not in his prime. Like, he was in his prime in TNA. Um, Kurt Angle, when he was still Kurt Angle. Um... And that's kind of, you know, a lot of that. Like, Dusty Rhodes. uh, Jeff Jarrett. uh, You can't forget a lot of those guys, man. Like, some some really good matches happened in TNA. Some good pay-per-views they had, too. They had a few that really stood out. Um, When they let... uh, Who was it? I believe Shelton Benjamin came in there. He was good. Uh... I don't remember. I believe Bobby Lashley was in TNA for a little bit. A couple appearances. Um, you got a real good look at his wrestling. Uh, but they they always kind of brought in talent that was living up to that expectation. Jeff Hardy had a lot of good matches there. Um, Sting. Uh, so you can't forget about Sting. Obviously one of the legends of the sport. And I'm always going to be a big fan deep down of wrestling but it takes a little bit more to sway me now and one thing i like about AEW is they've revived a lot of careers and they've also made a lot of careers now wwe is even looking to attract some of that talent from AEW. uh they're interested in wardlow who uh takes on um, cm punk tonight and Russell Votes has reported that the WWE is really interested in him. So there's all types of talent popping out of AEW. And the women look great in AEW too. That's another thing I like about it. Um, you know, Chris Jericho really did right with this business. Like the, He really made the business pop here. And now it's kind of like... 
now it's one of those things where AEW is an actual real competitor to WWE. Where everybody that kind of has ever competed with the WWE just became absorbed by them like Majin Buu. Like just absorbed, you know. So AEW is that standout uh, organization from the WWE. And I think that's why a lot of old wrestling fans have come back to wrestling. Um, is because of AEW. Um, and there's there's got to be interpromotional stuff happening. Like, we're hearing that there's some rumors, like, you may see an AEW guy run down in the Royal Rumble and make some noise. Uh, so that could be something to look out for. Uh, but you got to remember, with WWE now, it's a little bit younger uh, people running that than Vince. Vince is still overseeing things, but he's not... Uh, got his finger on the pulse like he once did that's uh that's uh hunter helmsley so you know that's something else to keep in mind and, and don't forget his daughter you know what i mean that wears the pants right so uh, one thing is like aw like aw when you think of them they don't have a poster boy yet there's no poster boy for the aw and for the wwe it's roman reigns like no matter what you think of him, that's their poster child. Now for AW, that spot's still open for the taking, in my opinion. Like I don't look at the AW and think of one person. I think of a bunch of different people. So that's still something I feel like they got going for themselves. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, watching uh, Dynamite. So, we'll cut the break, come back from break, uh, recap uh, 1883, episodes 3 and 4, uh, premiering on Paramount+. Plus. And I'll be right back after these messages. Thanks for staying with me this far. Episode 3, The River, on Paramount Plus, 1883. Great show. This is one of my favorite shows right now. People are sleeping on this one, man. Like, this is a great show. Like, Yellowstone is is good. But that's like your dad's show. That's like a dad show. That's like a, you know, fatherly figure show. Gotta, you know, put the, the big... Uh, belt buckle on you know what i'm saying keep the belly tucked in all that but but when you come to 1883 it's like man now we're cooking with fire now we got something here and then okay you got uh sam elliott who's a, a freaking walking legend you know what i mean like some people you know like will smith he's i am legend Sam Elliott is a walking legend, son. This is a big difference, man. Um, you got Tim McGraw's James Dutton. Faith Hill is his wife, Margaret Dutton, his wife in real life. It's, it's, it's crazy. And say, never been done. Isabel May as Elsa Dutton. Um, 
LaMonica Garrett as Thomas. The, like, Thomas is the philosopher slash Pinkerton detective. Like, he's a beast. Uh, Mark Risman, his character will grow on you as Joseph. Uh, Joseph, if you want. Audie Rick as John Dutton. Um, Eric Nelson is Ennis, whose uh, part's growing. And James Landry Herbert is Wade. And, like, that is the, those are the main characters who I just named off to you. Um, it's really been, uh, kind of like an inspiring show too. A little bit emotional, but very inspiring. And you look at those people on the Oregon Trail, like, geez, like if these people had social media, you know what I mean? They'd instantly throw those phones in the river. Like, what is this bullshit? They'd get rid of those phones so fast. Um. It's just insane to look back at this time period and how accurately and how well uh, Taylor Sheridan has, has wrote this. Um, it has just been uh, a journey uh, as much as it is for, I'm sure, these actors and writers um, on this show. What a great show to be a part of, though. If you're going to be a part of a show, in a Western you want to be a part of a Taylor Sheridan Western, that's for sure. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll swear on that. But um, no, let's get to the episode. It's it's a spoiler. It's better than the fourth episode. Okay, this third episode really five stars. I'll tell you that right now. Like it really was impressive. Um, they, it's about them getting to the river. They're on their way to Abilene. On their way to Abilene. And the the biggest thing here is, like, the dissension among the ranks. Like, people are starting to look out for themselves and forget about the greater good. A thief pops up, and that really is the, is the biggest part of the show. The most exciting part is how they deal with the thief. How they handle the thief. And they pretty much leave him with shit. You know what I'm saying? Leave him with, you know, <laughs> basically he's better off dead. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, the, how they handle it is very interesting and, and very, uh, factual, uh, compared to how they would have dealt with the thief on a, a wagon train, uh, in this time period. Very, very accurately done. And that is a big thing with, uh, Taylor Sheridan and his productions. And I'm a big fan of like the, the stuff that happens behind the scenes and this and uh what the actors say about their time there and, and and all of this and uh being able to like watch them get used to riding horses and stuff like that kind of helps me put this show in perspective it makes me feel a little bit better about like the authenticity of the show and them actually trying to uh put on a uh, performance that is one that represents this time period in its entirety um i i couldn't help but enjoy this one now they're working their way to the river that's the biggest thing here they have to stop this is when they're dealing with the thievery this is when they're figuring out um pretty much testing everybody's gut so all this is happening um the dialogue is great um it's 
it's a little bit, like I said, of gut, uh, gut check time. And those are great episodes and shows when people are, when their loyalties are being tested. Um, but it's really this whole episode, no matter which way you point, points back to setting an example of what happened to thieves on a, on a wagon train and, and how that was handled. Um, I'm sure it was different for some and depending on, on how severe on the severity of, of, of what was taken and, and, and how it was done. But in this, it's handled well with basically him just having to go off on his own and being very pissed about it and trying to stir up trouble. But, uh, ultimately they move on to the river from there. So then episode three ends, uh, on a a pretty positive note. Uh, After you get through all the, the thickness of the episode there's not much fluff in this one um it's pretty clear and cut and it's pretty much about everybody arguing with each other and everybody coming to an ultimately a resolution of you want to survive this is how it's done but episode three like i said five stars on episode three now episode four i just watched uh yesterday um and very good the crossing um it's one of those episodes that it's all building up to something it's all building up to the end where the other episode the problem with the thief was solved actually before pretty long before the end of the show um but in this one the the problems don't happen until the end of the show um they're they're at the river on their way to Abilene and what they're saying is that we're going to have to cross this river you know what I mean basically unload your wagons so people are having to leave shit all types of shit I mean there was a guy who was doing music right uh, and had all the musical equipment in his wagon and he had to leave it all because the shit was too heavy if he brought it in the wagon the horse wouldn't have been able to pull it and uh, it would have bucked the horse probably would buck them off, and that's what happened to a lot of people. Now remember, these people they were bringing, they couldn't swim where they were from. Uh, it was illegal, and and they talked about that about how they would whip the drowning people, like the people that were in the water drowning, they would whip them to death, and uh, these people were pretty much like. And, and Thomas hits the nail on the head in one of his lines that if you're getting whipped in the back, you'll never want to go back there. You know what I mean? Like you ain't never going back there. So that's the one thing that he kind of like, they have like a moment there where, uh, Sam Elliott's kind of, you know, in his character, um, is, is kind of, you know, his character shape running. It's kind of like, I don't understand these people. They don't know shit. They can't do shit. And they're willing to pay us to get us to a place where they don't know what the hell will happen. You know what I mean? Well, how they're going to survive or live. But the one thing he does know is that that place is a lot better than where they're from. So that's kind of like ultimately what what they kind of have like an understanding of. Well, if you experience as much pain in a place, you'll never want to return to that pain. So that's that's in, in essence like some very willful 
dialogue there that happens in the show. And then um, James Dutton, Tim McGraw, his character uh, plays a big role in this with helping the people cross the river because he's the first one to go and gets his wife across and everything. Now, he, he has to keep going back and forth, though, while his wife's on one side because they have to have a rope in there. That way, if people fall off, they can grab the rope and try to continue because a lot of people were going through the river and would drown because they can't swim. And once they went underwater, they panic and they die. They just water would flood their lungs and they drown. So that was a big reality. Um, it was one of the bigger leading causes of death on the wagon train was drowning. Uh, besides falling off a horse was number one. Falling off a horse was the number one death on this wagon train. On any on, on the Oregon Trail was falling off a horse is the leading cause of death. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. And this show does a great job of giving you a story, but staying true to history and rooted in history and that is uh very powerful and moving and that's what this episode was conveying a very powerful and moving episode of here's a river river that we have to cross here's an obstacle we have to overcome and some of you aren't going to make it and then that was just a sad reality of it but ultimately I gave that about four out of five stars. A little bit more critical of that one because there was a lot of... It was a little bit slower in the beginning. Then once the show started getting together, about let's say about ten minutes in, then it started to come together for you. So take about ten minutes, but after that, from there it was four stars. and uh, Four out of five stars, and, and I was very uh, impressed. And looking forward to episode five now. Now, episode five comes out in four days... Uh, that one's called the fangs of freedom. Okay. No spoilers on that because I haven't even seen it or anything like that. But ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our program for the day. Thank you for tuning in to Preston super show. And just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.